lesson this morning. Uh, I know a lot of times I don't become a, a popular preacher. I, I don't. I don't even try to be a popular preacher. I'm going to preach the word of God, and yes, I step on toes, and yes, a lot of people don't like because I step on their toes. But that's okay. And so I find out that the people that don't like the way I preach are the people that are usually guilty. And uh, so I don't worry about it anymore. And I'm thankful that, that God allows me to minister God's Word. And, uh, and I'm thankful for this. What I have planned for today is entitled, Why Don't We Just Do Right? And I always look for confirmation uh, of the issues of this is what God wants me to speak. And in fact, we're, we're talking with Brother Jim and Give you the 
say amen. Praise God. I'm thankful that uh, we have a word. Whenever we do, whenever we live, and how we live our lives, people watch us. And, and I told you a story, I think, a couple of weeks ago about we were in, I'm not a sea clock, and I we were in a traveling Taking my message from two different places. One out of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 17 through 19, and then one that Jerome mentioned out of Micah chapter 6, verse 8. And we find that it says in Deuteronomy 6, verse 7, starting with verse 17, he said, You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord. God, His testimonies, and His statutes which He has commanded you. And look at verse 18. And you shall, and I, I want you to read all the way with me where it says, read out loud with me where it says, do what is right. Read with me. Do what, everybody, do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord. One more time. Do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord. It doesn't take rocket science to understand that little verse of Scripture. Amen? That it may be well with you and that you may go in and possess the good land in which the Lord swore to your fathers to cast out all your enemies from before you as the Lord has spoken. Listen, as believers, we are told in God's Word that we are free. He says, you are free and you are free indeed. However, the freedom is not a license for us to go out and do whatever we want to do. We have been called to do right and to do right at all times and to do right in all circumstances, and to do right wherever we are, and to do right at any cost. Micah 6.8 says, 
He says, He has shown you, O man, or He has shown you, O woman, what is good. And what does the Lord require you but to do justly? And the word there is mishpat, which means to do right justice and to love mercy. And that word means kindness. And to walk humbly. And that means to walk right with your God. That too many Christians have yielded to the peer pressure confronting them. Listen, by friends and by family, by work, by school, by society, and believe it or not, by even people that go to church. We indeed today are, are believers that will say, we need to say that we will do right regardless of whether or not anyone else does right. We will do right. Can you say amen? I want to bring you three points this morning. Do right because it is right. Do all that we know is right to do. And do right no matter what the cost. Our first point, do right because it is right. In First Peter chapter 1, verse 16, it says, Because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy, God said. Or be separate, or be set apart. Don't be like the world. Be different. He says we are a peculiar people, or we are His own special people that we are to live like God's people and not live like the world. Somebody say amen. God is holy and does only that which is right. We have a saying because God is good. And we say, and I say all the time, God is good. Even Abraham found this in Genesis chapter 18, verses 25, when, when he was left alone with the Lord and the other two went towards Sodom and Gomorrah. And he knew that God was fixing to destroy. He said, well, I know that I can find at least 50 people in Sodom and Gomorrah that are right. And God said, well, if you can find 50 people, I'll spare them. Well, we know the story that Abraham changed his mind to 40, and then 30, and then to 20, and then to 10. Today, isn't it? But in Genesis 18:25, he says, "Before talking to the Lord, he says, For be it from you to do such a thing as this, to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, to slay the righteous along with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. He says, For be it from you, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And so he is asking them, and then as we as Christians, we are to bear a family family resemblance, and all that we do should be what? Right. So to do right, I found that people do right for the right reasons, and people do right for the wrong reasons. Some do right out of fear of punishment. Aristotle wrote, Wicked men obey from fear. But good men obey from love. Hebrews 2.15 says these words. He says, And release those who, through fear of death, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. You know, I hear me what I'm saying. The man who obeys God solely from the sense of fear will never know, will never know the joy of obedience. Never. If you obey God just out of a sense of fear, you will never know the joy of obeying God. In 1 John 5, 3, it says this. It says, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. He said, Not burden is life. We should serve God out of love, not out of fear. We should serve God because we love Him, not because we fear Him. And I'm not talking about respect. Just afraid of Him. I fear God. I respect Him. I know who He is. I know what He can do. So I serve God in love because I know God is God. And He's a sovereign God. 
and he's in charge of everything. We find that some people do right because of pride. And we find that Jesus writes, or as written in Matthew 6, uh, 1 and 2, it says, Take heed, Jesus says, that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. He says, Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound trumpets before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they already have their reward. They receive their reward from God. I tell people, you know, don't, don't give me praise when, when I'm, I'm, I'm singing or ministering. I said, give God the praise because I can do nothing without God. I don't know about you. I know I can do nothing without God. I tried to do it for 51 years and made a mess of things. Hello? I know that y'all, y'all, y'all live a perfect life and you know, you, you've never made a mess out of your life at all, right? <laughs> I was just wondering about you talking to me or you too. But this philosophy is seen in, in, in a little poem that was written by Katie Kellogg. And she entitles it, he says, Not Even a Whisper. This is a very short poem. He says, I do my good deeds secretly. No words must get out. Still, it's still rather annoying when not a word gets out. That's some people. They get, they get disappointed when you know people don't talk about the things that they've done. That's what you're saying. And then we, we need to do right for God's glory. Can you say amen to that? We need to do right for God's glory. We need a heart that desires to do right just because it is right. We need a heart that desires to obey God just because we love God. From 1 Corinthians 10, 13, says it this way. He says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink, or, whether, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Do all to the glory of God. Matthew 5, 16 says it this way. It says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify not you, but glorify the Father in heaven. That's to whom we need to do right for. Not for us. Not for anything but for God's glory to bring Him glory. I tell you, I've told you this, this time and time again. We are here for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is to serve God. That's our purpose. And that's what we need to do. Somebody say amen to that. Back in the days before we had uh, electric street lights, it was a uh, the lamplighter's business to go around and, and, and light the lamps in the street. Now, it's not to make himself seen, but to allow the people to see when they're walking down the street. But what does it matter if people take notice of you? The important thing is to make them take notice of who you are. Amen? That's your life. Remember, the last time I preached, I, 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 my, my sermon was, is I walk different message, and, and, and I talked about the light. And, and I, I mentioned in 1 Peter 2, 9, he said, but you are a Jew, or a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are His own special people. That's who you are. That you may that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you, called Dennis Raiders out of darkness into God's marvelous light. I was brought out of darkness that I may let my light through Christ Jesus shine before men. That's what He gave me that light for, to shine into the darkness, to bring people to the light. You see, you don't need to seek to be seen of men, but you do need to shine that men may see Jesus in you. Somebody say amen. It is never 
It is never right to do wrong to do right. I'll say it again. It is never right to do wrong to do right. In Paul, in Romans three eight, we learn that Paul, in his, in his preaching of salvation by grace, was he was he was false accusers of saying these words. And why not say, "Let us do evil, that good may come," as we are slanderous, slanderously reported, and as some some affirm that we say these words, their condemnation is just to which. This philosophy, what Paul was talking about, of the end justifying the means, Paul justly and thoroughly condemned. He says, we don't do this. You can, you can never do wrong to do right so you can do right. Because it's wrong to do wrong. Uh, there was an evangelist, his name is Dr. Bob Jones. He used to, in, in the early uh, 40s, or late 40s and 50s, he used to go around and he had thundered from the pulpit uh, across America. It's never right to do wrong in order to get a chance to do right. And it's not. We, listen, we never have the right to do what God said is wrong. We never have the right to do what God said is wrong regardless of what we think or regardless of, of the reason behind our actions. It's never right. I said it's never right to do wrong. Never. The most perfect example of this is found in, in Samuel chapter 13, verses 6 through 14. And I want to read and listen carefully. He said, The men of Israel saw what a tight spot that they were in, and because they were hard-pressed by the enemy, they tried to hide in caves, thickets, rocks, holes, and distance. Some of them crossed the Jordan River and escaped into the land of Gad and Gilead. Meanwhile, Saul, Saul stayed in Gilgal, and his men were trembling with fear. And Saul waited there seven days for Samuel, and as Samuel had instructed him earlier, but Samuel still didn't come. Saul realized that his troops were rapidly uh, slipping away from him, so he demanded, Bring me the burnt offering and the peace offering. Now, I ask you right there, who was supposed to give the burnt offering and the peace offering? Say it. The priest. But but Samuel took uh, but Saul took it upon himself. He said, You bring me the you bring me the offering. You bring me the, the bring burnt burnt offerings and the peace offering. And Saul sacrificed the burnt offering himself. And just as Saul was finishing with the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. Saul went out to, to meet and, and welcome him, and, and Samuel said, What is this you have done? See, it's never right to do wrong. It's never right to do wrong. So what is it have you done? Saul replied, I saw my men scattering from me, and you didn't arrive when you said you would, and the Philistines were at mid-match or ready for, for battle. So I said the Philistines are ready to march against us at Gilgal, and I haven't even uh, asked for the Lord's help. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offerings myself before you came. How foolish, Samuel exclaimed. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. You have, Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom must end, for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people because you have not kept the, the Lord's command. Listen, it's never right to do wrong. Out of this passage of Scripture, God is I'm, I'm writing a message giving strange fire or worshiping God in our own way. We can't do that. Even, even Saul saw that he can't take matters in his own hands. We, listen, listen, everybody look at me. We either do it God's way or we don't do it anyway. We either do it God's way or we don't do it anyway. You would think that, that Saul would have learned his lesson, but he, but he is rebuked once again by Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 22, where we read, so Samuel says, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. In the original Hebrew, it would sound something like this. 
He said, Nathaniel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to His voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and, and submission, and submission to God is better than the offerings of the fan of lamb. Listen, when we submit to God, you can never go wrong. Proverbs 21.3 puts it this way, To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Can you say amen to this? Our second point is, do all that we know is right to do. Our Sunday school teacher had been teaching her little pupils about sins of commission and sins of omission. And she asked one little boy to define them for her, and his answer was this. Well, the sins of commission were the sins you shouldn't have committed. And the sins of omission are the sins you should have committed. I don't think, believe that he's got that quite right, but it does go like this. Sins of commission are deliberate and willful acts of disobedience. Sins of commission are willful and deliberate acts of disobedience. Sins of omission. Listen to what I'm saying. Sins of omission are knowing the right thing to do but refusing to do it. That's sins of omission. James 4, 17 says it like this. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does it not, to him, it is a sin. Once again, therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is a sin. We know that praying is the right thing to do, right? So when we don't pray, it's what? We know that giving your tithes is the right thing to do. And when we don't give it, it is a, hello, we know that coming to church is the right thing to do. And when we don't do it, hello, I'm not saying this. James 4, 17, therefore to him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it is a sin. When you know to do good and you don't do it, people, and you don't do it, Facebook, listen, this is what I'm saying. To you, it's a sin. Chew that on a little bit. I want you to understand. Doing right means doing what God says is right, not what others think or feel is right. Doing right is what God says is right. Doing what the Word says is right. Not what the world says is right. Hello? Deuteronomy 12, 8 says it this way. You shall not at all do as we are doing here today. Every man doing whatever is right in his own eyes. And he was, and God was talking about at that time, they, you know, they were worshiping idols and they worshiped other gods and other people that were around. He says, this is not right. This is not what God wants you to do. You can't do your own thing. Your own thing doesn't work with God. What works with God is His Word. That's what works with God. And yet He says that you, He says, You shall not at all do as we are doing here today. Every man doing whatever is right in his own eyes, because what is right in your eyes might not be what is right in God's eyes. See, being holy as God commands His followers to be does, does not consist merely in striving to do nothing wrong. But also, it is also striving to do all that is right. That's what we need to strive to do. It's not just not doing anything wrong. We need to do what God says is right. I want you to hear what I am saying in this next verse. And I'll ask you this. If God's Word, God's Word. 
Does God's Word change or does God's Word last? Does it? It doesn't. So hear me what I'm saying. Is God's Word for you? Is it for all of us? So it's for us. Listen what? In Exodus 15, verse 26, God said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His sight, give ear to His commandments and keep all His statutes, He said, I will put none of these diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. And in the Hebrew, He says, I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the God who heals. Is God's Word true? Does it last? Yes, true. At the most northern point of Michigan, in a place called Salt St. Marie, there's a, there's a large steamed pyramid. And a plaque on this, this concrete pyramid says these words, that on August 25, 1840, William A. Burke, of the Department of Surveyors established this point as the most northern end of a line running all the way through the state of Michigan, from which all land is still today surveyed. Boundaries because of this line are accurately measured from this line. Listen to what I'm saying. What this meridian line is to Michigan surveyors, the Word of God is is to us. It's our line of meridian. It's what we base our whole life on. It, it's, a, it's the perfect standard by which to measure our decision. It's a perfect standard by which to guide our steps. The Word of God. Somebody say amen. Now, to live in obedience to His command and we, and we stay in line with with God's will, and we will stay in line with God's blessings as we, our walk and our guide is from the Word of God. In Deuteronomy 12, 28, it says, Observe and obey all these words which I command you, that it may go well with you, and it may go well with your children after you forever. When you do what is good and when you do what is right in the sight of the Lord your God. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? God commands us to do right in His way, in His sight, in His Word. Not our way, not our reasoning. His way, His reasoning. Final point is this. Do right, no matter what it may cost. Wrong is still wrong, even if everyone is doing it. Right is always right, even if no one is doing it. Proverbs 1.10 says, My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Look to God. Christians, listen, Christians must do right regardless who applies the pressure. You need to live by God's Word, not by the Word of the world, not by the Word of man. In this day and age where people do whatever is right in their own eyes, we, listen, we all have a choice to make. We can either do right regardless of what others are doing or we can follow what the world is doing and do what the world says. And what is said, did you know that most Christians would rather go with the flow of the world than stand up for the Word of God? We're seeing that today. We're seeing that today. Romans 12, 2 says this, And do not be conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that which you may see what is the good and what is acceptable and what is the perfect will of God. Don't be conformed to this world. This world has nothing for you. First Peter three seventeen. Now listen to what I'm saying. First Peter three seventeen. For it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Hello? It doesn't take rocket science to understand that verse of Scripture. 
people say, well, I'll give them the salt. I'm the salt of God. I shouldn't have to suffer. Well, you need to tell that to Peter. You need to tell that to Paul. You need to tell that to all the saints that have gone before you. Hello? You're not special. My Bible tells me in, in this world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. My eyes are upon God. Hello? And you're doing right in the sight of God. Look, it's, all, it, 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 it's always right to do right regardless of the result. Always making the decision of heart from the result. Listen. If right Right turns out wrong, it's still right to do what is right. Our attitude should be this, Lord, I'm going to do right no matter how hard it, hard it is, no matter how much it hurts, and no matter what it costs. I'm still, I will do all that is right with all my heart. Second Chronicles 25, verses 1 and 2, we find a king and Messiah was 25 years old when he became king. And he reigned for 29 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jehoiadan of Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. But not with a loyal heart. For the believer, nothing should be more greater Values and to live in full obedience to the Lord who has redeemed you. How many here say, I am the redeemed of the Lord? Can I see your hand? I am the redeemed of the Lord. Amen. I want to give you four scriptures and I'll close. Isaiah 43 1 says these words. But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Martha. you to fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. Can you say amen to that? Psalms 107, verse 2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Isaiah 51, verse 11 says these words, So the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing with everlasting joy upon the head. They shall obtain joy and gladness. Sorrow and sighing shall flee away. And the last one is in Exodus chapter 15, verses 11 through 13. It says, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you? Glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders. He said, You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. You, in your mercy, have led forth the people whom you have redeemed. Say, I am redeemed. Say, I am redeemed. You have guided them in your streets to your holy.
thank you because because you're a child of God, He's going to love you. Well, He's not going to love you. If you stand for Christ, I guarantee you, I promise you, the world is going to be on your back. Thank you. 